1: Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. You should be proud to be a part of that. I know that I am. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. You are listening, too. Thank you so much for coming along as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show, over our flagship station, Red State, Red State Talk Radio, the largest talk platform in the nation, most listened to. And if you're traveling through Times Square, as I tell you every day, you can look up above the iconic Ripley's, believe it or not. And um, right above there is the Red State Talk billboard, and every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show pops up on the billboard, and old C.L.'s face looking right back at you there in Times Square. Hey, folks, got a jam-packed show for you today. Coming up in the bottom of the hour, um, Doctor Kia Ellison will be on with us. Uh, as we know, there are a lot, a lot of people who, um, well, you know, they're they're hurting emotionally big time uh, yeah, i'm you know i'm in that group you probably in that group too we're we're all in a quandary as to what is going on and how did this hit us so quickly and how did our lives flip and change so dramatically within the last two months i mean it, i mean it is it's just not uh in the normal course of things for that to happen unless a, a and a traumatic event did occur. Uh, you know, we were attacked by a virus. It's, it's almost like getting hit by terrorists. Uh, well, it is like getting hit by a terrorist. We, you can't even see it. And, um, of course, we've lost more people to this here in America already than we did in the Vietnam War. Yeah. This, this is <laughs> This is not good. You know this. This is not good. Yeah, the world has lost more people, and uh, the world has lost more people than we have in, in in several of our combined wars. So this this is something, folks, that is very serious. And so we, we, it's it's creating a lot of uh, mental anguish. Suicidal thoughts, uh, depression, anxiety, what have you. People are just uncomfortable with who they are at this point in time because uh, that human thing called fear of the unknown. Isn't that amazing? Fear of the unknown, and 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 that's where we are. We're looking into an unknown thing and that's why for me uh, it is so stupid for people who want to blame the president for something n- no human being <laughs> no, no no human being has ever uh you know handled on this earth before nothing this sneaky you can't criticize. You I mean I mean you say well it's not partisan he just he should he just shut up. He just should have. What would you have done? Oh you all you have all these people armchair quarterbacking this thing from uh, wherever they are with no boots on the ground whatsoever and uh, you have and let me tell you something. Let me tell you the same thing I told you the other day. Don't listen to these clowns on, uh, on any of the news feeds who are telling you that it is time to, you know, fold up the tent and let's go into the cave because Armageddon's coming. Don't listen to any of those clowns. They don't believe that crap. Let me tell you why they don't believe that crap. Because they are not packing up and preparing for Armageddon. They know it's not true. So don't you believe that? Now, the day that you flip on the television and Joe Scarborough and Mika uh, Brzezinski are not there, you better get your stuff together. (laughs) Because they they have left the building. Yeah, the day that you flip over there and Fox News is gone, CNN, you know, you had better head for the hills because they are your news elite. And they are not, if anything is going down, believe me, they will know it first. <laughs> and, uh, you know, okay, if you're a Republican, or if you're a conservative, uh, you're hoping you can depend on Fox to tell you the news, right? If you're liberal or liberal-leaning or don't know any better or whatever, you're looking at uh, MSNBC or uh, NBC, CNBC or, or CNN, you know, in that order of, of number one to bad to... Uh, but anyway, and then you trickle on down, you go on down to Fox. If you sh- If you flip on your set... Your television set at any day, and you cannot get CNN or Fox. Head for the hills. <laughs> but until then, uh, you make certain that, uh, and, and I, I, you know, I'm glad, and I'll tell, I'll tell you. Well, I tell you what: if you tune in uh, any day. And I have uh, said to you, and you're hearing a a recording on this show that's saying, head for the hills. (laughs) You know that it, you know, if I tell you it's time to go. But I'm telling you it's not time to go. If I go, if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm gone to find, uh, to get into my cave. I know where my cave is. So a, lot of you, a lot of you may not know where your cave is, but I know where my cave is. I know where my hiding place is. My family knows where the hiding place is. So, so, you know, if I'm not here, then you go to your place, and you better start looking for your place because this could go south at any time, but I don't think it will. We've survived worse than this. We just need to get to the bottom of how to uh, corral it. I think it, was, it took six months to absolutely eradicate SARS. Uh, we're on month three now of this. We're closer than uh, we've ever been to uh, putting it in a box and shooting it off into space and exploding it. This, corona, this COVID-19, we're, we're close to doing that. And even though uh, there are many of us, um, and I don't believe I have anything, uh, but there are many people who have been affected by it. Uh, but, the you know, the herd is being immune. Deaths will rise because of people who have already been affected, who are just now experiencing the effects. Deaths will rise. Don't be um, let your hearts be troubled about that. We're expecting that to happen. Deaths will rise. You just make sure that you are looking after yourself and you're not among those. Once we reach the peak of those deaths that will occur, we will be on the other side. We'll be fine. The rest of the herd that lives through this will, in fact, be fine. And, uh, of course, the vaccine will be uh, coming out and we can get back to our normal lives. But there's going to be casualties. There's going to be more tragedy as we approach this future. But keep in mind what I've just told you. Let's stop the the pointing of fingers of he, uh, you know, it was just sickening to uh, see Chuck Schumer yesterday talking about, even if it did uh, start in China, uh, he should have acted sooner when the fact of the matter is when the president wanted to close did close the borders they they spoke against it they they didn't want that to happen so shut up and any american who's talking against your president i mean if you don't like his personality fine that's great i mean i didn't like my coaches but i didn't like any in fact none of my coaches did i like their personality whatsoever and a lot of the um my teammates didn't like their personalities, but I liked the way they coached. Oh, you don't like the way he talks to you. That's one thing. I like the way he coached. And this economy that we just uh, had to shut down that was booming, I like the way he coached that. Oh, yeah. You, 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 may, not, you may not like the coaches, but, but I like the way we won that. We won that game. Oh, he's still going to be uh, uh, the same Billy Joe when he gets back out on the, on the practice field uh, come, come uh, Monday, Monday afternoon. But he wants to win. And I don't care if you don't like his personality. I want to win. Take your ideology and shove it. As far as I'm concerned, Americans, we've always been winners, and that's what we've gotten away from with our milk toast, nandy-pandy uh, way of approaching uh, the world, who does not approach us the same way. Those people who are thinking that the world wants to be friendly with us also think that nature is the kindest and most gentle thing on earth, is not. There's a difference between the chihuahua and the wolf surviving in nature. Why? Because nature is not kind to those that are weak. Neither is this world. Only the strong can be kind to those who are weak. And if those with great strength overcome benevolent strength with their nefarious ideas, then the question that I was asked by a um, Iron Curtain refugee from the Eastern Bloc, one of those Poland, actually. If America goes away, do where do people go? And the question and the answer is: If if America goes away, friends, uh, uh, nowhere. People have nowhere to to find refuge. And so we must remain strong. We cannot become like the rest of the world because this is where the rest of the world comes when they're running away from their own tyranny. And regardless of what you may think in your twisted and warped way as you are being taught to think about the last great hope for, for the world, if it goes away, then where do people go? Where do you go if this goes away? And friends, it's on the brink and it balls in your hands. Of Changing, fundamentally changing. If the fundamentals of America change and it becomes common and just like all the rest of the countries that have existed throughout history that yes, at the time they were exceptional but became less exceptional as they became less free and less uh, appreciative of liberty. And uh, keep in mind something that Dr. Uh, Marlene said yesterday. It's not just the freedom that we're uh, looking for or wanting to secure. You see, freedom also means you have the freedom to do bad. You you, you have freedom. Freedom is uh, a loose cannon. Freedom itself. Is a loose cannon. All of us throughout the world, if we really wanted to be uh, free, could descend into whatever arcane our, 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 our and archaic <clears throat> behavior that we wanted to descend into. Because we'd be exercising our individual freedom and doing our thing. But then liberty has to go along with that. The liberty is the responsibility to handle the freedom that you've been given. It's like giving your kid a car you know, or, you know, giving him your car to drive. He has the freedom to go get in it and take off with it. But now whether he has the liberty to ever use it again, depends on if he or she follows the, uh, the rules. There are rules, even with freedom, there are rules to keeping the freedom. And friends, I am saying to you that we're breaking the cardinal rule of, um, keeping our freedom And we're being led there by these uh, idiots on um, the talking head. And that's the house being divided against itself. There's nothing wrong with America being great again. There's nothing wrong with keeping America great. There's nothing wrong with that type of patriotic rhetoric. Nothing at all wrong with that. If you are divided as a nation because the person you don't like is saying that you're an idiot there's nothing wrong with america being thought of it or we as americans thinking of ourselves as most exceptional people on the face of the earth i think of that in the same way as i think of the way i taught my children to believe and think about themselves it's not that the people uh, down the street or our relatives or your cousins or whatever are less than you but you're just as good and better than most. You're exceptional. You are my kids. That's what we're all about. It's up to them what they do with it. It's up to you what you do with it. But that doesn't make you any less exceptional because your origin's exceptional. What you have been about, what you were taught was exceptional. But we can throw it away. I've seen, hey, listen, I grew up with some uh, very well-to-do kids. My, my parents worked for their parents. <clears throat> yeah, in private club uh, situation and setting and all that type thing. My father was a maitre deal, you know. a um, you know, private club, really swank place, Shreveport Club, Shreveport, Louisiana. My, many years ago, 44 years, he was there. Yeah, and I, I I was able to um, grow up and hang out with some really um, wealthy kids as I was growing up. And um, as a, as growing up as a black kid, I was upper middle class black because my dad had an excellent, excellent job man, with all the benefits and everything that um, goes along with a corporate job, you know, because it was corporate people whose private club it was and it'd been there for ages and ages still there. Uh, Over, I imagine, a hundred years is approaching that it's been there. And um, I noticed something that they could be guilty of, and that's squandering. The difference, the only difference between the fun that I had and the fun that they had is that they had the ability, the privilege to waste because uh, then becomes spoiled. Yeah. And if you can believe this or not, Americans, even the poorest out there who might be listening to this show, and believe me, even under bridges and in those tents where the homeless live, they have modern technology. <laughs> I know because I have had a guy, I have several right now in Los Angeles, shout out to all my homeless there, who listen to this show on the street. Yeah, so even in your worst situation in this country, you too can be soft and spoiled, even our homeless. We'll talk a little bit more about it. Coming up, Dr. Kia Ellison on the other side of uh, this short break, C.L. Bryant show. And I got to tell you something, folks, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting, this conversation with Dr. Ellison. And um, I certainly look forward to you helping us build this bridge to conversation. And then coming up after Dr. Ellison, my good friend, Captain Black from New Orleans, Louisiana, Nadra Enzi will be with me. And he's got some news for you about the game that's being played. (music) We'll <music> be Back with you on this great day in the USA. Great because of people like you coming up uh, here in just a couple of minutes. Will be my special guest uh, this hour, uh, Dr. Kia Ellison. Dr. Kia Ellison will be on with me. And um, uh, you can get her at uh, temperament. Uh, I'm talking about Temperament. Dr. Kia, Temperament Dr. Kia, at Temperament Dr. Kia. And um, she specializes in dealing with fragile, medically fragile children and those in the, what, what was known as the sandwich generation, people who are raising children and caring for elderly parents at the same time often uh in the same house and in this um type of environment that we are in huh, uh, this can become a um a situation this can become a situation where um you know all types of things can come out of that temperamentally. And so we're going to talk to her. She's the author of the book, uh, Aftermath, and uh, it's a a fiction. And it's a great book to read uh, to the COVID-19 shelter-in-place people. Um, Today, we're going to have a special on this book for uh, my listeners only. And um, she's going to join us here. Uh, novel. She's the author of the novel Aftermath uh, to the new follower of uh, Dr. Kia Ellison. And so Nadra Enzi, after the top of the hour down in New Orleans, is going to be with us and um, tell us about the new game that's being played here in um, America. And Nadra is going to come up after Dr. Kia Ellison. But first, I want you to help me welcome back to the show, a friend of mine, uh, someone I've known now for years, um, Dr. Kia Ellis. And uh, Dr. Kia Ellis is a temperament counselor. And she works with fragile, medically fragile children. And she is the author of the book, Aftermath. Uh, It is a fiction. and It's a fantastically great book to read to those who might be homebound at this point in time, uh, sheltering in place. So welcome back to the C.L. Bryan Show, Dr. Kielas.
3: Thank you, C.L. It's great to be here.
1: And doctor, uh, during this point in time, I I, I want you to Talk to us about your work after math and why these types of works during this time are recommended by you to read if you're sheltered in place.
3: Absolutely. Right now, people are scared and they are dealing with a lot of emotions that are really big and they're um, not sure what to listen to, who to believe, what's good, what's bad. And what that does is it causes a lot of emotional turmoil. And sometimes we need things to just turn that off. We need something to not um, take us out of reality, but just give us a breather. Give us a, a little room to breathe and take our time and think of other things. We're surrounded by information. We're surrounded by um noise and so sometimes it's nice just to be able to step into a different world for a minute and go somewhere else give our brain time to rest give our emotions time to rest and so I recommend fiction reading all the time because it does it gives you a chance to see a different side of things and then you can return to life and and be a little clearer
1: you know Kia dr ellis when we when we think about this um, how quickly this change came upon us just two months ago uh, we we weren't we weren't in this uh type of you know situation I, in fact it's it's amazing to think that we're here now but when the human being when when we go through these types of things mentally in our temperament and, and what affects a lot of people are thinking they might be losing their minds because of some of the things that they're doing and yada, yada, yada. Uh, what, what effects does this have, a, a swift change like this? What does it have on the human? Are we reacting naturally to this change? Talk to us.
3: Absolutely. I've, I've had several clients ask that very question, am I going crazy? And the answer is no. The natural response for a swift change like that is you have to process through it. And process is is a synonym for time. You have to take time to go from A to B. And so the natural response is to try to gather as much information as you can to go through that process to come from where we were to where we are now. So it's not at all unusual for people to feel a little off balance or off kilter, especially with the pressure that we can tend to put on ourselves, especially as Americans, of producing and production and, and constant states of, of activity and action and then all of a sudden with no warning or preparation you're told to sit still.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that was the the uh the thing that really Um, took I think everybody especially and we want to talk about this here as we go through the conversation about the children um, because there are medically fragile children in just about every way you can imagine uh, physically mentally uh, and Mm -hmm. I want to talk to Dr. Uh, Kia Ellis, about that uh, right now, in fact. But before we get into that, uh, doctor, tell folks the best ways to uh, get in touch with you and how to access you, inviting you to come to where they are.
3: The best way to contact me currently is on Instagram. That's where I do uh, most of my social media interactions. And uh, my uh, my handle for Instagram is Temperament Dr. Kia and it's you can send me direct messages you can uh, comment on posts I'm constantly offering um, advice there and counsel there but it's also the way for people to connect with me if they want to to have personal conversations with me as well
1: there you have it And folks, uh, we'll repeat it uh, several times because you will want to connect with this woman who I really have a lot of respect for her and her craft. Uh, And and you know what, Uh, Dr. Kia, I don't think that you're going to be out of work anytime soon. I I think that uh, we're going to need people who understand temperament and the way it moves uh, for a long time into our foreseeable future. What about our children? Is that one of the things that actually does speak to the longevity of your profession? How is it affecting them?
3: Absolutely. The What I've been realizing is that there are a lot of people who are prepared for a lack of physical needs being met. So, you know, sometimes we don't have enough food. Sometimes we don't have shelter the way that we want it. There are people who have, that's their lifestyle and they understand that sometimes they may not have what they need. But what we aren't really prepared for is those emotional needs, those soul needs to be unmet. And that's what's happening right now is that people who have had all of their needs met, who've had, you know, all the opportunity to get what they need are all of a sudden not having these things met. So the need to communicate, the need to, Um, see and touch and connect with other people has been halted and again it's been without any preparation without any uh, warning and children especially are already in a process of developing and so when you cut that development off mid-stage that's really troublesome for the emotional state of children.
1: I want uh, to put, uh, Michelle, let's put the book up, if we can, on our website, and I'm going to, uh, anyone who uh, goes to the website here and and orders the book off the website, or you go and you get it from Dr. Uh, Ellis, uh, she's going to, you just mentioned the show, and she'll autograph a copy of her book, Aftermath, uh, for you, and uh, go there and get it. You'll have to purchase it, of course, but go there and get it, and uh, she will autograph, a copy of it for you vclbryhow dot com and uh, of course dr ellis we 're going to give out how to contact her um, in the um, in in just um, a few minutes here Dr. Ellis, um, how did you get involved in your work? What is the proper name for your work? I know that you work out of austin, uh, Texas. I love Big Ben area out there in Austin. And of course we met in Shreveport. You have lovely parents. Uh, uh the Ellis uh, how's, how's sister Vicky doing? I haven't had a chance to ask about her. How is she?
3: She's doing fantastically. This has been a, a much needed break for her and she is now raising chickens. So she's <laughs> enjoying her time. She calls them her chicky baby. So she's, she's loving it, but they're doing great. Um, of course, you know, dealing with this process and, and both of my parents care for their aging parents. And so this has been quite a process for them. That's another, uh, part of the population that I work with is those that we call in the sandwich generation. So they have children, but they also have parents that they're all caring for. And that can be an emotional, uh, situation in itself, and then you add on top of it what we're going through with this COVID situation. Yeah. And it could be a recipe for a disaster. But what we're actually seeing is people coming together and really uh, taking their mental health to uh, to heart.
1: And you know what, uh, Dr. Ellis, I remember when I guess if that's the sandwich generation, I remember when I'm, I must have been the double decker generation because I was taking care of my, uh, my mother who was aging and uh, my father had passed away, uh, m- uh, my children, and of course I had grandchildren that, uh, and then of course, you know, you, you, you take care of uh, those types of things uh, as well. It, it, it can be incredibly hectic in normal times, uh, not to think of. Uh, how it could be here during these times so tell us uh how then uh, did you get involved how did you get to doing this type of work what was the genesis of your work when did you get the passion or the love for it
3: well i started out as a school teacher i taught school for about seven years uh in the public and the private sector and so i got to see the disparity between um the opportunities that different kids got, you had some that had every opportunity in front of them. And then you had some who I was taking their clothes home to wash over the weekend so that they had clean clothes to wear the following week. Um, And so it just, there was a, a heart for children and what they deal with because kids don't have a lot of choice. A lot of choices are made for them and so they're having to deal with the consequences of a lot of choices that they didn't make. And it just kind of developed. And then I was introduced to the, um, the concept of temperament therapy. And uh, I went through the coursework with my amazing mentor, um, Kathy Hostetler. And she introduced me to uh, temperament therapy. And it just took off. And I saw how understanding what needs we're all trying to meet in our emotional state and in our emotions would affect us and how understanding that would lead us to making better decisions for our lives and for others.
1: And so it's all in the decision-making process, uh, Dr. Ellis, um, that leads us to – uh, a lot of times and, and the reason i 'm asking i 'm about to come up on a conversation um here in the next hour with Nadre andre Enzi where um there are people who are saying that um, this or, or who are trying to turn this into a racial issue and um i i, I i'm just not seeing that uh, yet uh, is d- do the troubles of humanity transcend, in your opinion? I'm asking this question just in your opinion. Does it transcend race? Do the problems of humanity transcend, especially in these circumstances, race? Talk to us about it.
3: Yes. The, unequivocally, yes. This is not a color thing whatsoever. This is a community thing, and it's the community of humans We are all trying to meet these needs of emotion and these needs within our soul and our mind. And that is just as a person. If you are born a human, then you're going to have these needs. And every decision that we make is a decision to meet a need. Everything that we do, every behavior that we undertake is to meet a need. And we all have similar needs. We actually all have the same needs. We just have them to different degrees and these degrees aren't dependent on our skin color.
1: Wow. Uh, Kia, I want you to stay with me uh, through the break. Uh, We're on with Dr. Kia Kia Ellis. Uh, She specializes in uh, this type of um, behavioral uh, therapy and temperamental uh, therapy. And it's an, It's fascinating to think how it can get so twisted and the way we twist things sometimes. Before we go to break, uh, Dr. Ellis, tell us again how we engage with you, how to get in touch with you.
3: Instagram is the best way to engage with me currently. My Instagram handle is Dr. Temperament Dr. Kia. Temperament Dr. Kia
1: temperament Dr. Kia Instagram and folks I I see people doing and, and you know me I'm A a lot older than a lot of you, but uh, I see people really doing business on social media these days. I mean, it's happening, and if you're not doing it, you better get with it. And I'm going to return with uh, Dr. Ellis, and we're going to discuss more about the decisions that you make and the things that we have turned into black and white or red and yellow but really are human. I think uh, she has addressed that in a way that uh, is absolutely fascinating for us to hear, particularly now when you have people who are coming out of the bushes wanting to turn a a human problem, a tragedy, into a political football and turn it into some type of um, race issue. Uh, We'll be back with Dr. Kia Ellis in just a minute. You're listening to The C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant and I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. And I want to thank all of the well-wishers uh, who are, that are pouring in right now. Yeah, everything for me is a first and uh, this will be the first Mother's Day in 46 years that I've been without uh, my children's mother. And and so it's, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I'm going to spend it in reflect But I thank you. Thank you so much for your loving um, uh, letters and outreach to me. Uh, It has been uh, absolutely uplifting and heartwarming. And so uh, God bless you and God keep you all. And uh, we're coming to you, of course, across the airwaves of our flagship station. Red State, the largest um, talk platform in the nation, most listened to uh, talk platform in the nation. And if you're traveling through Times Square, look up above the iconic Ripley's, believe it or not, and you will see there above Ripley's the Red State Talk billboard. And every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there, 24 hours a day. About a block away from where we dropped the big ball in New York City. And old CL's face is looking right back at you. Don't go anywhere. We're going to finish up with Dr. Kia Ellis. And then after the break, um, Nodrens in New Orleans, Louisiana will be joining me. Captain Black, I'm CL. You thought I was worth saving.
0: So you came and changed my life. So
1: you clean me up inside you thought I was to die for. So
2: you Red State Talk radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon echo and echo dot by simply saying Alexa play Red State Talk radio Red State Talk radio on tune in.
1: I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The uh, greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Thank you for coming along with me as we build the bridge to conversation daily right here throughout our nation and around the globe on the C.L. Bryant Show via Red State, Red State Talk, Radio Red State Talk. And um, I we have been on with um, an acquaintance, a good friend actually of mine. Uh, Dr. Kia Ellis, and I certainly am glad that she is here during this period in American uh, history and American uh, on the American landscape, because people need to hear from um, professionals, professionals who understand how to talk to people. First of all, conversation, you know, um, conversationally and, and through the news, Dr. Ellis. Um, we've been seeing the rise in suicide, the rise in domestic violence, even though I've seen the rise in closeness of families. So there's a a bag um, that people are beginning to fall into, whether it's positive or negative. But let's talk about the, the, the negatives, and then we'll finish up with the positives. Um, the suicide rates. Why would something like this cause people to want to take their lives? I mean, I mean sure, We talk about it, but we may not understand it. Talk to us about it.
3: What I'm seeing is a tendency that we have of putting value in our external responses. So we look for validation from external sources. Well, this pandemic and the lockdown measures have caused us to lose those external forces. So if you don't have those external sources validating you, it's very easy to fall into the trap of being unable to Mm self-validate. And that seems to be what happens with a lot of people, is that they aren't able to pull from internal resources, and they see suicide as the only solution.
1: When we talk about self-validation and we couple that with what we have come to know as self-esteem... Are you saying that there are others who depend on, there are people who depend on others, rather, for that self-esteem? Is there a reason why it's called self-esteem? I mean, uh, how do you you keep that? How do you maintain that? Does that affect your temperament uh, in adverse ways when you don't understand self-esteem? Dr. Ellis
3: the interesting thing about self-esteem is that we actually see it improperly. If you think of it this way, it'll make more sense. Self-esteem is how we think others think of us. It's not the way we see ourselves. It's the way we see ourselves through others' eyes. Wow! And so if you're unable to uh, boost yourself from an internal force and see yourself accurately, then it's very easy to believe that others don't see you that way either. And it's just kind of a downward spiral. Wow. Hey folks,
1: I don't know if you got it. I don't know. I don't want you to miss it because that was deep. It's not necessarily uh, self-esteem uh, as to how you're picturing you yourself through your own eyes, what Dr. Kia Ellis has just told us and to tell you the truth, for me, it's truly a revelation because it makes all it, it brings it clearly to me. It's how I'm caring about how I'm being seen through the eyes of those who see me. You know, it's that, right. That's sad. Uh, you know, Doc, thank you for that. I'm, I'm feeling much better now. <laughs> much better about about this now. And friends, that's what we all need. We need to understand that so you can, actually, you get set free. When you understand that, you become free. Can that become bondage, Dr. Ellis? Can we become in bondage to uh, caring and thinking overly about how others view us? Is that what you see as well?
3: Oh, absolutely. Especially in this age of social media. We have an entire generation of people who have never known a world without social media and what they see on social media is not an accurate representation of life. So they're building their thoughts of themselves based on images that aren't even real.
1: Wow. Wow. Dr. Kia Ellis, I could talk to you for another hour uh, because there are so. You know, you just pull out the couch, and uh, you know, folks. I think I might need the couch after all this. <laughs> not, no. uh, as uh, Kia, you know that uh, I have uh, gone gone through. We haven't had a chance to do, memorialize my my uh, wife Jane, who you knew, and um, since her passing, and uh, because the gathering of our family together uh, would constitute at least 200 people just of our family alone and then uh so it has been very very difficult and when I say that uh the counseling and all that type of thing that um uh I have had I had to have grief counseling because it was really bearing down on me um but folks let me tell you if you need help get it get it it's available and people like Dr. Uh, Ellis is available and they can help you and they can help your children. And you you, you keep a close eye on your children because many times we may overlook how this actually affects them and even your grandchildren. Dr. Ellis, tell everybody again uh, how they may engage with you and get uh, in touch with you.
3: They can direct message me on Instagram at temperament, Dr. Kia. That's the best way to get to me. And I would love to hear from anyone who's needing any help.
1: And hey, get that book. Get that book. Mention the show. And uh, get that book, Aftermath. Aftermath. Dr. Kia Ellis, get it. And uh, Dr. Kia, mention the show, and she'll autograph it for you, personalize it for you. Thank you so much, Doc, for being on with me today. God bless you and God keep you. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Dr. Kia Ellis, thank you so much again for being on with me. Talk to you soon.
3: Talk to you soon. Thanks, C.L.
1: I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, and I uh, hey, I'm I'm telling you, you need to hook up with folks that you can talk to. And it's important because um, hey, one of the... And it's a shame that it's lost, but it's lost, and that's the art of conversation, the art of talking to one another, looking each other in the eyes and talking to one another and uh, getting to know the person that's in front of you and uh, that you're talking to and so forth. Um, for me, I don't know about you, but it's one of the great joys of life, and I think, when you, and I think most of us are like that, really. We, we just uh, have become awkward in how to engage one another. I think most of us like being around people, like doing things, picnicking and beaching and, you know, having fun here in Colorado. And of course, I don't ski. I'm a black man. I don't ski. But uh, uh, I know that many people already think I'm an unusual black man. I would be an absolute uh, phenomenon. <laughs> I'm far too old to get done. I'm falling down on those skis. You, I promise you that. If if somebody tell you that CL uh, ran into a tree on a skiing trip, no. He was pushed into the tree on a skiing trip because I was not on any skis. I assure you of that. Same way I'm not jumping out of any airplanes. Or bungee jumping from helicopters or anything for that matter. (laughs) I ain't done it. (laughs) But I am talking to people and I miss that. And I think most of us miss that portion of our relationships with others. Whether we don't mind being alone, that's cool i don't mind being alone in fact i absolutely like being alone if i know somebody's coming to be with me at some point in time and i can go and be with whoever i want to be with at any point in time and you can sit down in restaurants you can meander through the malls uh whatever you know, your free American liberty-loving self want to do. You can do that. And the problem that we're having is not only are we not truly talking to each other because we've lost that art of doing it, we can't even be around them to either be aggravated or to aggravate. Or simply to enjoy the pleasure of company. It's, um, it's important. Relationships, we were created to have them. Yeah, we were created to have them. Uh, the first relationship, according to the Scripture, was with God and man. And it was just um, the communion of that. And then God realized that uh, since the man was not truly like him, even though he's made in his image, um, suited for this earth, he was not truly like him in every way because he was suited for this earth that God had created. He said, I need to hook him up with something that uh, I think he'll like. (laughs) In fact, I know he's going to like it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And, uh, you know, so he he gave him a relationship. He gave the man a relationship. Another human being, a woman. Yeah, whoa, whoa, man. Gave him that, her. And, um, (laughs) hey. Been making decisions ever since. (sighs) The heat's been on ever since. And relationships have been Needed ever since that relationship that Adam had with Eve um, the way that story is given to us is so strong the relationship that he had even seeing her do what she did he loved her so much that he wouldn't let her go through what she might be going through alone he jumped in there with her a picture of the salvation of Jesus Christ. Love for God so loved the world. Yeah, Adam so loved Eve. The first, Adam, compared to the last, did the same thing. Yeah. You can read the book backwards, it still tells the same story relationship we need relationships and we must get back to that a dangerous freedom or peaceful slavery I want to talk a little bit about that uh, when we come back on the other side of the news we're going to have with me Captain Black Nadra Enzi will be on with me and um, he has written a piece that I'm sure All of you will want to explore. It's going to be about the hustle that is now uh, taking shape in this country. Uh, Germ, crow, liberal elites branded me a leper where I worked. I'm going to talk to Nadja Enzi about it when I return. Don't go anywhere.
4: I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on this road.
1: back welcome back everybody throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet the greatest success story the world has ever known and that is america i want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the cl bryant show i am cl bryant and uh hey it's a great day in the usa New hashtag I've just discovered and it does absolutely fit so good. It's coming from the mind of a friend of mine and someone that I really and truly respect his thoughts, thoughts, pattern, respect his work respect the man himself captain black nadra enzi has been coming on the show now for several years and uh he's down there in new orleans louisiana and he's gonna uh bring us up to date on what's going on with him and what's going on with this virus in new orleans and all of that so help me welcome back to the cl Bryan show my good buddy captain black nadra enzi how are you brother
4: What's up, my America brother? How are
1: you and the crew? Uh, The crew and me are doing well. And thank you so much for coming on. Nadra, you have coined a phrase called... You've heard of all you've heard of Jim Crow, but have you heard of Germ Crow? Germ Crow, hashtag Germ Crow. Nadra, tell us what that's about.
4: Germ Crow is when elite liberals use a new pandemic, COVID-19 as cover for their old prejudices. And it shouldn't surprise us that we've seen this, most notably in communist China, where Africans and American blacks have been told you cannot go to public places, including McDonald's. That's right, folks. Mickey D's, germ-crowed black people, and had to issue an apology from his corporate headquarters. They were evicting black people. And they were ordering mandatory tests just because you were black. Now, we shouldn't be surprised as communist Chinese have not been known to have any great fondness for black people. And we should also be very concerned that they've been making incursions into Africa. Again, not out of love and brotherhood, but out of imperialism. Wow. So, And I tell people, keep stressing the two of them. And use the new pandemic for old prejudice. And I can even bring it home for you. you. want me to bring it home for you? Bring it home. <laughs> hey, brother, it happened to me last year. Well, actually, this year, excuse me, feels like it was last year, but this year, I used to be the head of security for a place I nicknamed Happy Hippie Land. Yeah, I know. I
1: know. I, I, know by, I know. I know Happy Hippie.
4: <laughs> run by elite liberal types. <laughs> And, you know, because they, they know better than the rest of us. Well, you know, poor black folks, me I mean, you they know better. But wonderful people who work inside the place and a wonderful community. I suffer from hay fever. You know how merciless New Orleans allergy season
1: is. Yeah, man.
4: I, had a, I caught one of the worst hay fever attacks since I was a kid. And I actually had to be out for five days. For the first time in almost four years, working there. Because I don't believe Look, I get up, I go to work. People say, Why you work so much? I pointed the sidewalk and said, I can sleep on any one of those blocks there, whenever I don't feel like being productive.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I come back to work on that day, and first, the secretary, or the person who leaves Happy Hippie Land, and then the man who used to own the building for Happy Hippie Land. Both looked at me like I was a ghost because there's been speculation. Again, elite liberals have conversations about us but never include us. And I get a text message telling me that I need to produce a negative COVID nineteen test or a medical clearance because I before I can come back. Because quote people is never you know they never give me names. They just say people are concerned.
1: Hmm. It could not
4: help but draw the parallel between, again, the American liberals and the Chinese Communist Party behaving the same way in the face of possibly the greatest pandemic of our century.
1: Wow. And you know what's so crazy about that, Nadra, is this. What's crazy about that is this. Uh, Had they had their test? Because obviously if you had been infected, they would also be infected as well already. So had they had any test?
4: Of course not. (laughs) Remember now, the (laughs) bureau never has to abide by the rules that they mandate. And not only that. People who worked in the building have been sick. And, and let's just backtrack. As a grassroots security consultant, I spend my time looking at trends. Here's a trend I first noticed. Late January, <clears throat> all throughout February, right here. people were getting sick. They were going to the doctor. They were told it wasn't the flu. They were getting sick again. They were getting sick again. And I'm talking about when I'm saying getting sick. I'm not talking about a stuffy nose, like I had, or a sinus infection. I'm talking about able-bodied adults disappearing essentially for a week and a half, two weeks. One lady was sick I know for a month and a half. No explanation. The doctors are like, "Oh well, you know, it's not the flu. We don't know what to tell you." Wow. Then suddenly find out what it was—that <laughs> COVID-19 have been wreaking havoc through the social and cultural practices unique to this place as well as many others and sadly more than ended up getting the mega drugs.
1: wow so let me ask you this before before you continue sure. with that uh was it then uh fat tuesday that brought in the uh, the 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 virus into the New Orleans area. in your opinion, or, or was it there it, before then? What give us what what the skinny is on the ground there in New Orleans? Because New Orleans at one time was ground zero in the world. Absolutely uh, for mm-hmm. this. So what what ha- what are I mean, you what are they telling you happened?
4: I mean, let's draw parallels. When the Chinese Communists covered up what was going on in Wuhan, and then Chinese New Year, Tet, was going on. Millions of people celebrating. Hundreds of thousands getting on airplanes and flying all over the world, bringing it home to New Orleans. Mardi Gras. People flying. People taking trains. People driving. This virus has been among us for some time period, and it just hit a critical mass. Because, again, I'm watching dozens of people, I'm seeing on local social media, I'm hearing anecdotally, all these people are turning up sick, and nobody knows why. So, yeah, it clearly was here for a while, and I agree with the president, we have to blame the Chinese. I know some people don't want to be, you know, I tell people political correctness is not protectively correct, Now, this is where it came from, as I promise you. If it came out of Harlem or if it came out of Shreveport, then it would be called what? The Harlem virus or the Shreveport virus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just to be honest.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, now I want I want to go back to Germ Crow. I want to go back to Germ Crow. All of you have mm-hmm. heard of Jim Crow, and and today we're on with the author and uh, of, of uh, hashtag Germ Crow, and he has his own story about this. And uh, I, I want you to clarify uh, for us. And I want I want to really chew this this bone here because uh, it does appear that black people have been affected by this virus in uh, and, and, and more uh, ways than others. Uh, Latinos as well have been affected by mm-hmm. this virus. But I haven't seen the have you seen this among the homeless Are the homeless? Uh, it, it, it's strange to me that uh, the homeless are not really in mass affected with this.
4: But to be honest with you, the homeless aren't being tested. Wow. I The homeless, and I'm not being insensitive, but the homeless are not a group known for having access to readily available health care. Wow. Most of the testing here was voluntary. You know, we still really, I mean, we've got a lot of mobile testing centers that have been set up, but we still really don't have an adequate picture of how many people may have had it how many people have it now because the testing is not widespread. And one of the populations that you would look at, there was just a study done in the Mission District in one of the big cities in California. Mm -hmm. Over 90% of the homeless people tested positive for COVID-19 were working homeless, i.e. these are people who went to work every day and came back. Wow. You know, and I'm speculating that other people, And then we come up with too. Is it possible that being out of doors, possibly isolated for large periods of time, might actually help you not get COVID nineteen? And obviously, we're not recommending that people become unhoused to Hmm. remain uninfected. But we're still in very early days about how this virus works.
1: Yeah, and I do believe that we will get it. Yeah. I do believe we'll get by it. Uh, I do. It was SARS. Uh, I think it took them six months to actually conquer mm-hmm. SARS and eradicate it. And uh, and this is something uh, this president, I think, is moving at warp speed. Um, you no, know, Nadra, you and I, for full disclosure, for everybody that's listening, Nadra Enzi and I are both uh, black men who uh, have, who are Americans who happen to be black men and um, our uh, viewpoints are uh, many times uh, very conservative and and looking at it from a conservative point of view. But, you know, Nadra, before you came on, I had on uh, Dr. Kia Ellis, and she is a temperament um, specialist and uh, behavioral therapist. And um, she was saying that this is uh, something that has transcended, though, uh race although you do have the chinese and even those nazis that it sounds like work you were working with uh behaving (laughs) badly is this something that we can expect from human beings as we move toward uh handling other pandemics is the bad treatment of each other is that something in our nature
4: i mean absolutely i mean if an individual is not god if uh a Christian framework, a constitutional framework, and for our well-intentioned atheist friends, a humanist framework, where you just look at people as people and take situations on a case-by-case basis, your default setting will be, if I do not like a group, if I do not like a person, and then suddenly I've got this opportunity to mask that dislike behind some sort of global epidemic, well, we already know yeah. You know, the lion and the lamb have not laid down, so we already know that, yes, bad treatment will ensue. And sadly, we just had a security officer in Flint, Michigan who asked a young lady to put a mask on because that was a policy at the family dollar he was securing. She went and told her career criminal husband and his career criminal son that she was disrespected. They ran inside the place, started a confrontation, and shot and killed the man. Wow! You know, germ-crow has obviously racial prejudicial features, but then it also creates opportunities for the virus of violence that was already in our community to find new avenues. So yes, bad treatment is going to be a feature of this until we start treating each other as children of God, or at the very least... If you don't believe in one, as human beings. If you wouldn't want to be treated like a leper, don't treat somebody else like a
1: leper. Uh, Nadra, what now are you doing? I mean, did you get back with the – I mean, how did you – did you reconcile with uh, uh, the the folks, or are you doing something else? Talk to us about what's happening. Well, no, how
4: can we the help And I've been escorting. and I, I was doing this even when I had that contract, but I've been helping crime victims. Like, uh, unfortunately, a good friend of mine was attacked by one of our politically enabled woman beaters. This dude averages about two or three documented attacks on women a month. He gets summons from the police department because the police department is told by the elite liberals who who run it. I'm not talking about the police superintendent, but the politicians and the policymakers over them that, well, we, we don't want to put him in jail because the new excuse is he could get COVID-19. I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't care if he got bubonic plague. This dude tried to attack this woman and stomp their dog on the head and cause the dog to get a concussion.
1: Wow.
4: He has he punched a woman last year in front of a happy hippie land where I used to work. He attacked another woman. He spat in another woman's mouth. Why is this person out on the streets? This is what we're seeing, endless levels of excuses. And now COVID-19 is the new excuse because they're purging correctional facilities and putting people back out on the streets with the virus of sexual assault, the virus of armed robbery, the virus of burglary, in the name of protecting them from the virus of COVID-19. Right. This is the insanity that the elite liberal brings. And let me tell you a lot of the folks I work with in the community around Happy Hippie Land, Bernie Sanders supporters lean more green than Democrats. But guess what? They don't want to be beaten up in the streets and they don't want their dogs stopped.
1: Wow. Well, you know, and, and you know, Nandra. even though we, we uh, know that it's a, a global problem, a human problem, mm-hmm. there is a political um, uh, in, in infusion into this. And Americans, you cannot, you cannot close your eyes to the political implications of something like this. You know, Nadra, and I uh, want you to stay with me through the break. Uh, we will come back with you after the break. Um, it's amazing how uh, when we look at um, the 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 Democrats they seem to be very gleeful that this is Uh-oh. happening uh somehow they feel that this is a a, a strike against uh, this president I mean and it's absolutely ridiculous I see black Democrats white Democrats Bernie Sanders uh, progressives doing the same thing they almost seem gleeful over this type of thing is that what you're seeing with these uh, happy hippie land type people is that what you're saying <laughs> i mean we see
4: yeah we're seeing the same phenomena because again we're talking about elites we're not talking about grassroots people who either right now are on furlough have lost their jobs, have a small business or has no business, or small business or limited business. We're not talking about people who live in the three dimensional normal world the rest of us do. We're talking about elites. And let's face it, right now the Democrats have as their presidential nominee and Lord love him. It seems that he's suffering from the early stages of dementia. You know, Joe shouldn't be out there. But he is. My greatest concern is who they pick when they pick a vice president, because that's the person who's going to be running the country.
0: <laughs>
1: You're absolutely anyway, right. You're absolutely
0: right.
4: And obviously, yeah. And obviously, COVID nineteen gives them tremendous leverage. Because let's be very candid, the economic environment that we find ourselves in now. Is much closer to the prescriptions of Bernie Sanders than it was January
1: 1st, 2020. You're absolutely right about you that. Know, uh, vi- listen.
4: Had to make yeah. investments into the economy because I tell people this is the socialism now, what the Trump administration did. If government tells you you can't go to work, if government tells you close your business, then government should compensate you for it. Now, I know that there's a point, and I'm warning folks. We're riding at these points because as these states reopen, that 600 dollars of unemployment you're getting is going to be in jeopardy because when your job calls you or if a job is offered to you and you don't take it, Too you bad. will be kicked off of unemployment. A lot of these governors, a lot of their backers are like, look, we can't have people sitting home making more money than they were in the workplace. Absolutely I'm not. not. i judgment on that. I'm just
1: saying. No, that's, no, that's, that's absolutely not. Nadra, stay right there. Hold with me uh, through the break. Sure. Nadra Enzi, Captain Black, will be back with me on the C.L. Bryant show. There's some things we got to investigate, and you want to help us investigate them. I'm C.L. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. C.L. back with you on this great day in the USA. You're listening to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. I want to thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge here daily on the C.L. Bryant Show. uh, Coast to coast border board over Red State, the largest talk platform in the nation and uh, the most listened to as well. And thank all of you uh, who are in the terrestrial stations who replay us Throughout uh, the day. Thank you for being there as well. Special guest uh, this hour, Nadra Enzi, Captain Black, down in New Orleans, Louisiana. And he's given us the real deal, skinny, on what's happening in New Orleans in every aspect of it. Nadra, um, you know, you were mentioning that um, this money that's being spent is exactly what. Progressive liberals and so forth wanted, and I, I want to continue this conversation with you. We could not, if 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 Cassia Cortez and Bernie Sanders had been president and vice president <laughs> themselves, we probably would not have been able to spend this kind of money in this short a time uh, at all. Man, it is absolutely amazing what has happened to this. These economy. are the ironic
4: circumstances that great challenges create. Because, again, if President Trump were this Darwinian conservative, he just would have folded his arms and said, well, hey, that's a tough break you guys got, but, you know, not a federal responsibility if you're falling over in the streets or you need respirators. But guess what? That's not what he did. Whether you like him or not, he took the ball and ran with it. And I remind people. As we try to do, you know, a, a forensic autopsy of who knew what, when, where, and how, let's be very honest. They're sitting at your desk, your president of the United States in the They come to you and say, Mr. President, there is a bug that is among us that will become well-known within a month's time that is so virulent that if we literally do not shut the economy down, we could possibly, this is what the models were saying in that time period, we could possibly lose hundreds of thousands of millions of Americans in a short time period. Now, this was dropped in your lap. You're the president. What do you do? To stand in there blinking or crying is not going to be a sufficient response. And God help us if it had been Joe Biden in the seat when this happened.
1: Yeah. You're absolutely right. That, or he Hillary. Known,
4: yeah. Yeah, he, you know, he, he wouldn't have known what to do, so the vice president <laughs> would have been the one. And, and I'm not being malicious. but The point is, the magnitude of this threat, and, you know, I'm a science fiction fan, so yeah, I've seen the scenario in novels and in movies and TV shows, but to actually see it played out before my eyes, and I'm going to be honest with you, for those who are biblically inclined, remember during Easter and Passover for our Jewish brother. If you didn't look at Exodus, if you didn't look at having blood on your door and the parallels between the biblical epic that we're going through now, then you were blind. Yeah. This is some serious stuff. And, you know, partisan talking points and being bound by ideology are not enough to address. The President and the Congress did the right thing. Now, we can debate did they give enough? Did they give too little? Did they need to give more? But the point is if there had not been a massive infusion of cash into the economy, where would we be now?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'd be bad. And I tell you something, Nadra, 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 this is, uh, Nadra Enzi is my guest. Nadra, when I look at how, uh, and I believe it was the divine hand of God that caused our economy to soar to places it had never been before, mm-hmm. right before this crash, right before this thing happened. I dread to think what where we would be if we had not have had that type of performance uh under this administration in, in those in those uh, three and a half years. Uh before yeah, this, let me before show this... you how
4: roles change. Just to piggyback on exactly what you said. I've got leftist friends who say, Wow, the president should have shut the borders down sooner. Now let's fast now last year you would not have found anybody on the left talking about shutting down borders for any purpose. Remember when he shut the borders down? Remember when he stopped traveling from China and Europe? Yeah. Remember the howls of outrage? Oh, man, yeah. You don't hear any outrage now. If we could put a blue dome over the United States to keep our potential foreign infection, you wouldn't hear a mumbling word from anybody. (laughs)
1: no no you know what you know what you're right as far as that's concerned because they flip the script so Mm -hmm. often and that and and americans i don't know and this is this is what frightens me and you see you're more in contact with grassroots people at this point in time that i am because Mm -hmm. i just hadn't had a chance to get back out there and be with them but you're more in contact with grassroots people that i am and this is what i I'm afraid of is that we become sheepish Nadra Uh, is that we become so used to being led that we lose our American edge. That's what I, uh, and and we start turning on each other and the house becomes divided against itself. Is that what you're describing when you're talking about this type of uh, reaction from your liberal uh, former liberal colleagues? I mean,
4: some of them. Now, the liberals in sense, you know, the leftists in sense, clearly understand that we can't afford the luxury of getting into partisan bigger with something of this magnitude. Most of my friends, most of the people in my community right now, they're home, not by choice. <laughs> you know, their businesses are either closed or operating at a snail's pace. They've been furloughed. Some, you know, some percentage, like myself, have even been fired. But the point is, if money isn't coming in for some program, if money isn't coming in from donations, then money isn't coming in. Wow. And that brings clarity far more than turning on CNN or MSNBC to get your margin orders. Absolutely. Not throw fast news in, too, because the point is, liberal, moderate, or conservative, most Americans right now are wondering, you oh, am I going to be able to pay rent? What's going to happen in three months? Will I be able to go back to work? I mean, I'm, I'm a co coordinator of the Safe Opening Coalition with our uh, local talk show host, Jeff Carrera. Yeah. And we're trying to promote a safe pathway. For reopening segments of the economy, because the point is, the only reliable program people have is a job. Because I, I hate to tell folks this, Congress can't keep granting trillion-dollar stimulus.
1: No, taxes. no, can't sustain it. There's and no way, no way we can sustain
4: we it. Get to election time. The more stingy they're going to be with the dollars, because this is, you know, this blank check is going to come due. And I'm really curious to see what
1: the tax situation is going to be next year. Right, and and you so know what, like, Nadra, well, we uh, did you the stimulus check. So now we have to raise the I mean, again, we don't know.
4: It, all this is being made up as people going along.
1: Nadra, they're giving us our money. They're they're giving us our own tax dollars back to us. I mean, that's that's all they're doing. It's a that, that's <laughs> it's almost like a ski a, a, a pyramid. I mean, some kind of pyramid. scheme. And that's why
4: I don't argue. The role of federal stimulus because at the end of the day, it's like you said, not you have the end of the day. At the beginning of the proposition, it's your money.
1: It's my money. Yes, yeah, it really it's, is. Exactly. You've been
4: taxed, you pay taxes. Why can't you get your taxes back when government is telling you, not you being lazy, but government is saying you can't go to work, you can't open your business. Okay, fine. The government needs to give you some of your money back so you can maintain yourself and your family.
1: Yeah, that's at what's least going in the interim. on. Yeah. That's what's going on. And uh, but but we're not we're not. And you know what? The thing is, too, we're not paying for someone's college education, although if Pelosi and them had their way. uh, That would be on the uh, the pork in this type of thing. Uh, But that Trump is really just wanting to help us stay afloat until we can start paddling again. And we got to start paddling again, brother, because if we don't start paddling again, we're going to be lost on this sea. Uh, we're going to be adrift on this sea. And I mean, we're,
4: we're almost like the shipwrecked boat in Gilligan's Island. You know, <laughs> you know, we're the, you know, our economy is a museum exhibit. It's a, a boat with a hole in it that right now isn't seaworthy. We've got to get it seaworthy. There's got to be safe, phase opening where possible. And I also concede. That in this new economic environment, a percentage of our, of our workers may have to be on some form of subsidy because certain industries are not coming back, and there aren't jobs replacing them. Certain business owners have, for all intents and purposes, have to perform the last rights over their businesses because it's, it's done. You know, we don't know what the prospects are for the service industry. We don't know what the projection is for restaurants, music venues, I mean, essentially live music.
1: Wow.
4: You know, as as you're saying that, that... Definitely on life support, because we have not come up with safe ways, safe and profitable ways to reopen these venues.
1: As you're saying that, Nadra, I'm I'm thinking of uh, what's that little club there that uh, we were at that night uh, with with Adam uh, from Freedom? Were stray cat was a stray cats or something like that? It used to
4: be spotted cat. Yeah, spotted, spotted cat. cat. It, it, they, they're no longer in that location, but it was a uh,
1: spotted cat music. I just it, and it, year, it was a spotted cat restaurant, and it had. Music, Uh, music, uh. yeah, man, it was a neat little place. Food was good, but I'm thinking about places like that who can't afford to stay, who might not be able to afford to stay open, but you know, were a a doggone uh, iconic, iconic type. And and so um that's uh I'm, there's a lot of them. There's thousands of them across the country um that are in that circumstance, that circum situation. Nadrenzi, tell the folks how to get a hold of you, how to bring you to them if they want to engage with you.
4: Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at sharer. That's S U P P L Y S H A R E R, Supply Sharer. On the fastest way to get to me. You can also find me on Instagram under the same handle. And I have to give a special shout out to the United States Senator John Kennedy. He yeah. might not like what he says, but he says it straight and no chaser. And he has been <laughs> hands on this particular issue from its inception.
1: Yeah, Michelle, we got to get John back on because uh, when John ran for that office, it was this show who uh, gave him a big platform uh, when we were there locally in Shreveport. And, uh, yeah, John's a great guy, homespun, Huck Finn to the core. And, uh, you know, just, just, just love that homespun. Uh, uh, attitude that he has. Nadra, listen, man, you continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are uh, fighting the good fight. And thank you so much for being on with me. God bless you and God keep you. Thank
4: you. God bless you you
1: and God bless America. God bless America. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, and that was Captain Black, Nadra Injury. And I got to tell you something, uh, Nadra is uh, doing the Lord's work. He'll always be doing that uh, type of work um, and he pointed out both sides of the coin he said yeah there's two sides of this coin and he's right there's two sides of that coin there are people who will use this to exploit prejudices and, uh, and, and the virus will be the excuse for the exploitation of that yeah, that's what Nadra said happened to him. They didn't like him to begin with, and so he had a hay fever attack. Okay, he had a hay fever attack, <laughs> and uh, they told him to go get tested for COVID nineteen or whatever. They didn't go get tested for COVID nineteen; they wanted him to go get tested for COVID nineteen. He shows back up to work, uh, you know, and you know, things went sideways. It, it, there's all types of new hysterias uh, I fear that we were going to um find ourselves introduced to in the not too distant future which as far as i'm concerned it's it's it's'm I'm, 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 it's shameful i'm I'm really sorry to hear it i'm really sorry to think that um that's going to be the case new Types of hysterias popping up. Yeah, the vaccine will make a big difference once it's developed and once it's seaworthy and usable. It'll 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 be um, you know (laughs) a godsend. And I thank God for the minds that um, are able to put that together. You know, the minds that uh, have that knowledge have been blessed with that type of knowledge and know how as far as that's concerned. But still, it's sneaky. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know. um, We don't know. The only thing we can be is vigilant and pray that they hurry up with that vaccine. Folks, in times like these, the house should not be divided against itself, but the house is divided against itself. And it no, it is not Donald Trump. No, he has done everything he could to can to unite us. But I mean, listen. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Uh, If you like yourself as president of the United States, if you like your best friend as president of the United States, your mama or your daddy, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your son or daughter, if you would like them to be president of the United States, let's put them in the office and then let's constantly kick their butts Let's constantly complain about them, even though you're looking in the midst of an economy before this occurred that was booming. But yet everything that happens, let's look at putting them in a situation where where even though they were qualified and elected to the presidency of the United States, you're, you're constantly faced with people trying to get rid of you, people trying to impeach you. And the only thing you are trying to do is get a job done. And you were getting that job done. But yet, they can, it's relentless. If you were in that situation, if I were in that situation, hey, it may have already gone postal. <laughs> so I'm just telling you. It may have already gone postal. So lighten up and stop being so hypocritical because you, would not last a minute in the same situation. In fact, I don't know many people, period, who can take the beating that Trump has taken over the last three and a half years from media and from people who are just absolutely uninformed. Oh, they call us Walmart shoppers. It's people who think they're, uh, who call themselves elites. They, you know, and they should know everything. They, they're so uninformed, it's pathetic. But anyway, um, but if it was you, you wouldn't last a second. You wouldn't last. You would not have lasted the, for the. The 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 libs would have been able to do to you what they tried to do to Trump if he was a lesser man. And any other uh, man that comes along, Ted Cruz wouldn't have been able to stand up to that. No, no way. George uh, Bush, not George, but uh, none of the Bushes would have been able to stand up to that type of barrage. Constantly barrage. Clinton, no way. He would not have been able to stand up to the constant barrage, even though he got his share. Barack, if he'd have had the type of barrage on him as uh, Trump has on him, he'd have, he'd have threw. I know. There's no way. We'll be back. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. There is a double standard, it appears. Talk to you in a minute. You thought I was worth saving, so you came and changed my life, you thought I was worth keeping, so you cleaned me up inside, you thought Stand up for America. Then Americans stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along. With me as we build the bridge to conversation, throughout our great nation, the great nation of America. Well, it looks like um, little Kim is alive and kicking. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, that's when they thought they'd gotten rid of him, or somebody had. There he shows up again. He's back, uh, and he's smiling. Probably not the healthiest guy in the world, I. um, But. He's back and, um, doing his thing. Um, NBC is getting absolutely soaked with sexual harassment allegations. And, you know, I, I raised, um, my, I, I have three daughters of my own and I've raised, uh, two other, um, daughters. Uh, I consider my daughters, stepdaughter and, and granddaughter. I uh, raised them. So there's um, five girls that I have raised in um, my household. And one son, one boy, he's a baby. And um, you know, I, I know that um, my daughters knew and I think they, they might have even been afraid to even tell me. I think they may have shared with their mother and um, begged her not to tell me if anything happened or anything like that. But, but my daughters knew that if anything untoward were to happen to them, it would be judgment day for the... Perpetrator, and I don't know. Uh, in the, in this society that where we live right now, I know that there are a lot of women, and in fact, all most women, most women, uh, every just about every woman you bump into can tell you some story about um, you know being you know assaulted or molested or leered at or you know whatever as far as that's concerned. I, I, I thank God that um, for uh, a mother and aunts and girl cousins and, you know, and, and grandmothers and, you know, and so forth, who uh, were the type of women who uh, earned and made you, you know, you, you they earned your respect and then uh, you were going to respect them. And they passed that down. And, and I think somewhere, not really sure where, but somewhere uh, there's a connection, there's there's something lost. I don't I don't know uh what it is. And we were talking about with um Dr. Ellison, Dr. Ellis, Dr. Kia Ellis, we were talking about um self esteem. And she shed light on something, Dr. Ellis did. Dr. Ellis shed light on self esteem in a way I had never really looked at it. Now you may have, but I'm telling you, I mean, maybe I am a Neanderthal if I'd never looked at it like this, and you have. She said that self esteem is misinterpreted as the way you view you. And how you feel about that view. Of how you view you. She says that's uh, the misinterpretation. Of self-esteem. It's not about. Uh, the way you feel about how you view you. She said self-esteem. Is how you feel about the way. Others view you. Because. Most of us see ourselves. Through the eyes of how others view us. Yeah. That's where self-esteem comes from. That's where the reaffirmation uh, comes from. If you want to put it another way, we call it self-esteem, but that's where the reaffirmation comes from. Is that we um, want to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we many times see ourselves through where we see ourselves through the prism of how others view us. And therefore that's where our self-esteem is garnered from. If we're true, if we're being honest about it, the relationship, it comes from relationship, you know, and I can see the truth in that because I uh, always felt better about myself when I knew knew that Jane was happy about what uh, what I was about, you know, and was happy with, you know, the way I uh, brought home the bacon or, you know, uh, uh, spiced up the relationship or whatever. You know, you always felt better about yourself when you the people that you love, the person that you love um, was reflecting to you you from their perspective. You felt better about yourself. And I, I, I know that that's the way it, it was with her. Um, you know, She loved um, to be you know, complimented and uplifted and, uh, and all that. She, like most people, she didn't know how to handle those types of things, but she loved it. Who doesn't? That's the relationship part of it. That's where the self-esteem should come in. Now, I have always thought that it was because it was called self-esteem. As it, was, it, it, was, it, it was totally and solely up to you and, and that it was solely based on that. But in reality, I guess it's not. Because the relationships that you have do, in fact, shape your view of self and your perception of how they view you. Shapes that. Coronavirus, COVID-19, actually takes you and separates you in many ways from the physical uh, need to touch those you love as well. So, as I tweeted out earlier, at Rev, R-E-V, at Rev, C-L, Bryant, Follow me on Twitter at Rev C L Bryant, and this is a quote of Thomas Jefferson. What is it that we're going to choose, Americans? Dangerous freedom or peaceful slavery? I think that we should choose what we've always chosen. Now, the people that I come from, they've always chosen dangerous freedom. Yeah, my four parents, they've always chosen dangerous freedom. To dare to be their own men in the midst of... And in times when being black in America, Negro colored, N-word in America, didn't offer you um, the wide opportunity, but it did offer you the opportunity to be your own man on your own land. And that's what they did. They were their own men on their own land. And they were men enough to defend it against those who would want to encroach upon it. In times when uh, you think, uh, hands up, don't shoot, uh, you know, come on, you know. No, there's nowhere near the leering danger that our foreparents lived through in the South, And folks, you're talking to somebody who's drank from um, colored and the white water fountains. You're talking to somebody who's, I've ridden on the back of the bus. I've gotten in on the back of the bus. I've ridden on the back of the bus. All right? I remember very vividly as a a kid uh, getting up and giving my seat to uh, a white person. Because that's what you did. And I deal with these people who seem like or want to act like they're bitter about this and bitter about that all the time. No, I should be the bitter one. (laughs) I'm not. Because I understand what it is. I understand what it was. And I I understand this about America. I understand that we're not there now in no way, shape, or form. It's a hoax. that's being perpetrated upon people who don't know any better. But I know better. Believe me, I know. But you're hearing it from the horse's mouth, who was right there. And so, um, in my hometown, Shreveport, Louisiana, last, last Confederate city to concede defeat. Last Confederate city to concede to, to concede defeat. Shreveport, Louisiana, my hometown. Born in Confederate Memorial Hospital, you can't tell me, you know, that uh, you're angry about something. You, you you can't you can't you can't pull that off very well with me, unless we can run down some things, some pedigrees in here, you know, and then maybe I can understand if you're angry about something that happened to you. It probably has nothing to do with your past. <clears throat> the same token, uh, friends, um, whatever it is that we are facing and have faced and will face in the future, we shall overcome. There is no doubt about that. We shall overcome. Why? Because we want to. Because we must. And above all, if you are a believer... It's because you have your faith in the dividing, in the divine and guiding hand of God that has blessed this nation from sea to shining sea. We shall overcome. And so, all of you out there, uh, I, you know, take heart, buck up. Uh, let's get back uh, doing this carefully, but let's do it. Let's get it. Let's get it done. Let's get back to work. Uh, Let's try to grab as much of our old life before this as we had um, before and reinvent ourselves on the other side of this. We can do it. We can do this. Yeah, there's going to be deaths that are going to be spiking. There are going to be things that are going to cause disheartening uh, feelings among the general populace. There's no question about it. But they're going to have to happen. The herd is going to be immune, and uh, we're going to survive or not. And we're going to go on on the other side of this stronger and better. You just make sure you you be there with us. Oh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to make it home through him, trusting the good Lord for that. And in His hands we placed our trust. We place our nation, we place our president, we pray for all of those who are elected to public office and pray for every family under the sound of my voice. I want to thank God for this day, bringing us to the close of yet another day, and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able... To bless or to speak to you again, I pray that God will bless and keep you all.